0: know it's everybody's sin you got to lose to know how to win welcome one and all to backtracks aerosmith revisited my name is Corey Mercer, joined as always by the sexiest man in podcasting scott haskin how you doing scott i thought you were gonna say john mariano i'm doing great Corey. how are you you know what i'm doing all right uh last week I- i've kind of forgotten about it uh, we did a song that nobody really liked uh, but I had a good week after that, so uh, I'm feeling optimistic. Let me put it that way. I know we got a couple of couple of songs on the dice that got me scared, uh, but a couple of good ones too. But I'm I'm cautiously optimistic. Huh? Optimistic. How about you? I feel good. Perfect. And you want to talk about feeling good? I tell you, my good buddy always feels good. His name is John Mariano. How you doing, John?
1: I spent the week trying to pick fights with swans to try to feel better about myself after last week.
0: With swans? Like at least pick fights with Canadian geese, because you know they can hold their own.
1: Um, excuse me, sir. As 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 tough as you think the Canadian geese are, and we have plenty of them here on Long Island. Trust me. Fucking swans are assholes, right? Not like like
0: Canadian geese. Oh oh, no. Oh no, no. They make Canadian geese look tame. Oh fuck you, sir. No, that is not true. Canadian geese are maybe the angriest animal on the planet.
1: Next to the swan.
0: Come on. It's a little known fact that swan have teeth. Teeth? Who cares? Davey and geese have, like, they're just assholes. They're the John Mariano of the bird kingdom.
1: Yeah, that's why I don't mind them. We all <laughs> The Fucking swan's a dick, man.
0: <laughs> all right. Please, everybody, uh, tweet us uh, your pick for the biggest asshole bird out there. Scott, what do you think? Who's the biggest asshole bird? Uh, well one i'm glad i got off
2: twitter um you know i don't know some some woodpeckers are pretty aggressive there's an owl that sometimes sits in the tree outside my bedroom window that uh is is really rude and noisy i don't i don't know what uh aggressive birds um yeah you yeah, had one job swan
1: or canadian goose <laughs> platypus
0: oh my god that's it. I'm out of here. You guys can do the show. But before I leave, John, you got to tell us about our sponsor.
1: Yeah. So my, my full disclosure, my phone's dead. I usually read the, the copy off of my phone. So I'm going to do this from my head and from my hip. And you know who else does stuff from his head and his hip? Ken Knapsack. He does a little show called The Blathering. And it's a show that Ken talks about the world around us, his philosophies, his thoughts, his feelings, his anger, his rage, with a tone of laughter and a hint of sarcasm. Um, check out Ken Knapsack, um on the Napsack Network on your local podcast feed.
0: Please do uh, go to Uh You can get links to all of his shows on there and his book, Why We Love Star Wars. Get yourself a signed copy uh, while they're still available. I, I know I'm, I put in my order tonight, actually. I have it on uh, on the Kindle but I haven't got my hard copy yet. So I'm going to get an autographed copy from Ken. I suggest you all do as well. And speaking of authors who are happy to sign things, uh, Scott Haskin, you got a few books out there.
2: I do. I'm up to uh,
0: nine now. Yeah, you just wrote like two just out of the blue, just pulled them right out of your ass. Here's two more books, everybody.
2: Fuck, I'm broke.
0: I can't afford to buy any more books, uh, Scott, but you're you're
2: killing me here. It's the books you can afford. It's the shipping that's killing you in Canada. That's true. That's true. Yeah. (laughs) But, you know, we have a lot of great podcasts in our Deep Dive Network. Um, our Two co- two of our co-hosts right here, Corey and John, have another show called Backtracks Theme Music, one of my favorite podcasts, never miss an episode. We also have Uriah Heep, The Magician's podcast that I do for another month or so. We have the Deep Purple podcast, Skinnered Reconsidered, T-Bones Prime Cuts on the other side, Sabbath Bloody podcast, In the Lap of the Pods. Hawk Binge, Maiden A to Z, Diary of the Mad Men, the ultimate Aussie podcast. Universally speaking, the Red Hot Chili Peppers podcast, Judas Priest cast, South or North by South podcast, So Far, So Pod, So What, The Tom Petty Project, Seaside Pod Review, and Volume for All. Steve and Mark over at the rock roulette podcast. And then our newest one regarding Lulu and not to be forgotten by any means, our buddy, Eric over at booked on rock. And of course the Sean geek and fast Fred podcast.
0: You know, my good friend, uh, Chaz, who does regarding Lulu, he's been actually stealing my podcast role, uh, that I read on the Van Halen show and uses it on his show. I think he should take yours. I think you do it better that I think My you. friend Scott, well done, sir. And uh, please go to Amazon, uh, visit Scott Haskins author page and buy all nine of his books. And I'm sure by the time this drops, he'll have three more written. Uh, that'll be <laughs> on there as well. So. You never know at this point. You, you got to do a, a, a book about John. I mean, like it's it just it's sitting right there for you. It, it's like the low hanging fruit. This is a guaranteed New York Times
2: bestseller. I'm trying to figure out just just the right perspective to capture or encapsulate all things Mariano. Well, he's been flipping
0: us off on the call here for the last 30 seconds, so that should tell you something. But upside down, like a Canadian geese. Weird. Weird. (laughs) All right, let's talk about Aerosmith now. Uh, We got six songs on the die. Last week, uh, we uh, rolled one of Johnny's selections from uh, uh, Just Push Play, Light Inside. Uh, Nobody on the call really liked it. Uh, It's not going anywhere. But because I had screwed up a few weeks before, I got to put a song on the dice. Uh, So now we're back to two, two, and two. And the songs currently on the die are I'm Down, Don't Get Mad, Get Even, Hole in My Soul, From a Little South of Sanity, Out of Your Head, Roadrunner, and Jaded. Uh, I'm not going to ask John, because I know he's going to say I'm down. But Scott, is there anything in particular you're looking forward to hearing here tonight?
2: You know, uh, there's a lot of green on uh, the screen that we're looking at right now. So I'm going to go with Jaded.
0: All right, Jaded, that's a gooder. Uh, John, how about you?
1: I think I'm going to go with Roadrunner.
0: Great choice. I'm going to go Red Runner as well. I put that on the dice last week, and I'm, I'm in the mood for a, a good, good, good song. So what do you say? Let's wait, roll wait, this wait, fucker. Wait. Oh. I actually
1: want to change it now because we picked the same thing. I'm going to go, I'm down.
0: Okay.
2: I, I'm just going to for... say, Corey, this is Aerosmith. They are all good songs. You weren't saying that last week, my friend. Well, I also was speaking very monotone.
0: Oh, okay. Uh, poor predictable john always picks rock always picks i down here we go the- and we are gonna get jaded there you go scott haskin uh, called a shot here tonight and got jaded from just push play our second uh, cut from that album in as many weeks uh have you heard this song before scott
2: I, I think I confirmed last week, I don't think I actually said it, but in my own mind, uh, that I don't know a single song off of this album. You'd read off the the single releases, and I hadn't heard of any of them. I don't believe I've ever heard the song.
0: Okay. Uh, John, you must know this song. Uh, way back in uh, 2001, uh, Mila Kunis was in the video, very popular video. He uh, yeah, was a fair size hit, I think, in 2001. I think they even played it at the Super Bowl, didn't they?
1: Yeah, I had stopped watching videos at this stage of my life. But I, I do remember this song. I, I don't remember loving this song. Um it's again we're trying to or I'm trying to single handedly burn this album as much as I can. Um I'm gonna have to look at a track listing to see what I'm gonna replace with next. I picked this one buddy. All right well you should then I but you replaced my song last
0: week. I know but this is one I had put on the uh, on the mixtape.
1: Right, I put the last song on the mix tape and you, re- you replaced that. But that's what we
0: are doing now. N- no, now we're even. The two you have on the on the dice are Hole in My Soul and Out of Your Head. It but but was I put on a while ago. We established that was your fault,
1: so why should I get punished?
0: You're not getting punished. I got punished. This is just my song that I put on the dice so
2: I get to replace
1: right, it. Right, so I should be able to replace it because you replaced mine. Scott, I can that's get rolling.
2: Enough. I'm pretty sure that Corey's right. We're at two, two, and two. Um, but I think this has been on the tape for a while, hasn't it?
0: It really has, yeah, for, for
2: quite a while. I put this
0: on there a long time ago.
2: Yeah, I don't know if it's been longer than I'm down, but it certainly feels like it's somewhere in that vicinity.
0: Yeah, it's been quite a while. Uh, like I said, uh, released uh, February 20th, 2001. Uh, what did it reach? 47 on the Billboard Hot 100, one of their last like top 50 uh, singles, actually, on the Hot 100. Uh, very popular video. And uh the song was kind of all over the place way back in 2001. Uh, what do you say boys? You already hear a little jaded?
2: Um yeah. So oh. Okay, so when this started, I thought they were going for one of those like da-da-da-da-da kind of blues songs. And then it changed into something that I can't quite explain. I feel it, it's it's like, hey, I found a couple of notes that sound really cool together. I don't really have a melody or a rhythm, but I'm just going to play them.
0: And yeah, the, the the verses are very much like that. It's, it's To me, it's the chorus that really kind of soars uh, in this song. Okay. And uh, when you're talking about lyrically, uh, this is Steven Tyler going back to telling a story. It's not just rhyming words. He actually wrote this song about missing a lot of his daughter's life, Liv Tyler, uh, because he was on the road with his band. And it's about a girl being jaded about that.
1: Hmm. How would he know what it's like to be a girl missing her dad?
0: Well, his daughter missed her dad. I think he just...
1: Right. No, I'm, fo- I'm, fo- I'm following you, but if she missed him all that time, how would he know what that feels like? Because he was out on the road, like, spreading venereal diseases all over the place.
0: Good question. Well, we'll see if he, he, he comes through lyrically here for you.
2: I think, I think if it were put to her that way, she probably wouldn't have missed him as much.
1: You got your style, but you yesterday's child.
2: All over me.
0: now i the chorus is coming up which is my favorite part but uh is talking about lyrically x-rated uh, is something i wouldn't think i would put in a song about a, a girl who uh, misses her dad
2: well uh, this, Especially this daughter. is a guy. Yeah, but this yeah. is a guy who put his daughter in a video as as like the smoking hot chick in the video. True. I don't I don't think he has lines. No! Hey, you?
0: All right, that's what I love. I know John's going to say something rude, but to me, this is one of my favorite late Aerosmith choruses. I love that chorus. This song oh,
1: is if you put Aerosmith into like an AI bot is what the AI bot would spit out, right? And like Corey's right, this is a great chorus, right? Like you can't take it away. This is a great chorus. This is what you expect an Aerosmith chorus to sound like. Right, but it feels very much paint by numbers. This is Aerosmith, right? And 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 like much like this album, like this feels like the Frankenstein version of an Aerosmith hit. It's like it has all the pieces of an Aerosmith hit, but it's not quite whole.
0: I'm gonna disagree slightly in that this is not late 70s, uh, Aerosmith. Uh, th- this is uh, late 90s Aerosmith. Uh, so yeah, no, no, it's, by numbers that, it, it, it's a pop rock song. Th- no, this it, is Aerosmith.
1: This is not know, late 90s. Look, in, in in your wettest, wildest dreams, this, this is late 90s Aerosmith. This is turn of the century, wet fart Aerosmith that just happens to be Aerosmith by association.
0: This is Aerosmith with outside writers writing pop rock music, which started... Uh, if you remember, John, uh, in 87 with Permanent Vacation.
1: Right. Just because it has all the pieces in place, Corey, doesn't mean it's the same thing. It's missing the heart. You got no heart, kid.
0: No, but there's two different eras of Aerosmith. There's 70s Aerosmith up to, like, you know, Done With Mirrors, uh, which was in, you know... There's three,
1: three different eras of Aerosmith. There's the two that you're talking about, and then there's everything after The Century
0: Turned. So you would even include clear clear nine lives in there? Like 97, I nine lives? Yes. I, I would group nine lives in with this. I would too. Okay. So you're saying after get a grip? Yes. Okay.
1: Right. There's two golden errors of Aerosmith. The first golden error of Aerosmith trips up a little bit towards the end, which we, mm-hmm. we've discussed with, right? The second one doesn't quite trip up because we're going to do a hard cut before Nine Lives comes out. And then it's like they try these new sounds with Nine Lives and Just Push Play that don't quite fit the band. It's it, it, it's it's a different sound for the band. So I define it as a different, a third era and the era does not work.
0: I'm 100% on board with that. I get you now and I totally agree. Yep, three eras, uh, this is the worst era. Scott, what do you think of uh, Jaded so far?
2: Well, I, I really prefer when Steven's telling a story. Um, I get really tired of the rhyming game, especially when it's all four lines in the chorus have the same rhyme in them, like our, our song last week. Um, I, I prefer when he tells stories. I think it's more interesting. I think he sings better, too, when uh, when he's got something to attach his, his emotions to. Um, I like the chorus in this. Like you said, Corey, I think it's it's really good. Um, I think he probably could have gotten away with saying jaded 18 or 19 more times in, in this song. But apart from that, it's not bad, it, it's it's come around from where I thought it was going in the beginning. And uh, I, I like when people do something different and I kind of like the beginning, but it was just like, based on what we learned last week, I'm like, I feel like this is just a couple of notes that are just gonna go nowhere. This is actually turning into a song and uh, I'm, I, I'm not loving it yet, but I'm not disliking it.
0: Yeah, this song is very dyslexic for me. I, I'm not a fan of the verses. And when we get to the second one, if you look lyrically, it it gets really dumb. Like, it makes no sense. Mm -hmm. But to me, that chorus soars. And uh, I'm a fan of pop rock. You know, I love Def Leppard bands like that. It doesn't always have to be 1970s Aerosmith, like Toys in the Attic or or Rocks era for me. Uh, I can appreciate the pop rock stuff to a certain extent. To me, this is one of what I consider one of the better cuts off Just Push Play.
2: I can see why it would be released as a single. Um, I also find it very distracting. I've meant to mention this over the last few weeks, but... When we're looking at the lyrics on the screen, what you guys don't know is that there is an advertisement on there of a person who's getting their teeth replaced. And so we're basically seeing like their mouth open with the posts already installed, but no teeth. And uh, it's really weird. The the cost of dental
0: implants in 2023 may surprise you. That's right. I'm shocked.
2: Now, uh, underneath, did you guys hear the strings? I was just going to ask you if if you guys heard those. It sounded, uh, I couldn't tell if they were keyboard or actual strings. I would imagine actual strings, but uh, I thought that was a nice gentle layer.
0: I I love that hard stop before the before the chorus too, and and you know what the guitars are doing like that chorus just works so fucking well for me. It, it's everything else, and and the the bridge is pretty good too. We're gonna come up to the bridge here, but uh, the like I said, so dyslexic. I'm not a fan of the verses, but I love that chorus. So mm-hmm. this this is proof it's, it's it's not all crap, right? Like in
1: this era, it's not all crap. I do think we are in the, and Corey, maybe you can relate to this a little bit. We're in the Gary Sharon era of Aerosmith right
0: now. <laughs> Are we? Or is right? that music from another dimension?
1: I uh, know I think it's I think it's these three albums, right? Or these four albums okay. or whatever it is, right? Like I think I I think, you know, the seventies is the David Lee. Well, it's kind of reverse with Aerosmith. Right, like it feels like the David Lee Roth era
0: is is, is the eighties nineties era. Oh no, I would go right? the other way. I would think they're the one, because in the seventies Van Halen was doing shit like Fair Warning and Women and Children, very hard hard edged albums. To me, that's I, Aerosmith in the seventies.
1: I'm just trying to get more Kamaya to like the, the same era
0: of Aerosmith I like. <laughs> hey, he put jd has Got a Gun on the on the dice, so
2: that's true. Um, which I have grown to like over the course of time. Um, are you guys bothered though a little bit by the lyrics in that last verse? It, it kind of seems like he forgot who he was talking about, and now he's talking about sex again. Maybe we need to take a ride to the other side, slip on the velvet glove. Like I, I just maybe it's just because I know Steven Tyler, but um, it just seems like it's going maybe in the in the direction of sex. I, like he's like I, I'm going to make it up to you. We're just going to make love.
1: I don't think that's a euphemism. I think the old man actually puts on a velvet driving glove. When he drives his car, do you think he drives?
2: I'm sure he drives some some places, right? I don't know. I bet he's got people that do all that stuff. I don't. I bet he doesn't cook or drive. I bet he has people for all of that.
1: I I got. I gotta think. At some point, he wants to get behind the wheel of a car and go like fast, right? And not just be driven somewhere. I'm not talking about like, you know, he has to go somewhere. He has a driver. But he wants to just go out for a drive. I have to think he he does that once in a while.
2: I kind of feel like his record company has hired him a minder that just wouldn't allow that to happen.
1: Did, wait, Billy Joel's record company kept letting him drive.
2: Well, yeah, but did Billy Joel have the drug history that Steven Tyler did? Billy Joel got into so many
1: drunk driving accidents here on Long Island. Really? You
2: should go look that up. Yeah. Oh, wow.
1: Yeah, yeah that's, this isn't even like a legend thing. This is a thing that exists. Hmm.
0: Well, I, I had no idea what those so... lyrics meant. When he said, maybe take a ride to the other side, I thought about the song, The Other Side. Love hmm. You's Got to Be Like the Devil in the Deep Blue Sea.
2: Yeah. it's it's. it's I don't know. I have no idea. I don't know. That's just, I don't know. It's, it, maybe it's just because I just assume that's where he's going with everything, but they're kind of abstract. And I would think in a song where he's... Trying to understand how much this, these choices that he's made has affected his daughter, I feel like he would have been trying to get into her head more, and I think he just kind of forgot what he was writing about and wrote Steven Tyler lyrics here.
0: It it certainly seems like it doesn't it.
2: It does. It doesn't really fit anymore. Sorry, sorry. I
0: got an itchy trigger finger. So that was the guitar solo. That's it? Yep.
2: <laughs> oh, I thought it was just warming up. And now <laughs> nope, I'm jaded. It. <laughs> well, it's better than last week's guitar solo.
0: Yeah, I mean, it was uh, low in the mix uh, and very, very short, but that's still better <laughs> than what
2: we got uh, last week. And and it has that classic flange that they seem to really enjoy on this album. Um but flag. i'm gonna I'm gonna go back to what John said last week. I kind of feel like this is a grunge band again. you know doing a doing a more grunge ballad
0: type song. see to me, this is like grunge light. This is like Evan essence. This is like hmm. where we're trying to sell like a grunge band, but we're playing pop songs.
2: yeah, I could see that I, I feel like this is Evan Lack's Essence.
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fuck y'all. I love that part so much on the an ecstasies, what you prefer a little pause and then bang into the chorus and then you got steven with the little blue 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 yeah underneath it's like oh i love that shit that's so good
2: yeah it, that's that's great stuff i absolutely love the chorus again i'm i'm a little confused on what the verse means this is not a song it <laughs> here's my controversial thing this isn't a song
1: it's a very catchy chorus that that really i i don't blame Corey for loving like this is a very catchy chorus but they mm-hmm. failed to like really build a song around the chorus.
2: So it's basically like we're giving you a cupcake and we have to give you, or a muffin and we have to give you the bottom of the muffin just because we need to deliver the top of the muffin. Well,
1: I'll give you an example. Like I I watched a Howard Stern interview with Metallica last night. Mm-hmm. And he was talking to Kurt Hammett, how, how he came up with a, uh, Enter Sandman. Mm-hmm. And the way uh tells the story, he plays basically the end of the, of the riff of Andrew Sandman. And he had played that. That's what he created. He brought that to James and Lars and they made him play the beginning of the riff three times. And right. then the end of the riff once, and then it became a song. It's like, they never did that part of it with this song. It's like they came up with the chorus and then just were like, oh, we'll put filler around it. Mm.
2: I know the interview you're talking about, I actually just recently saw that myself, and I thought that was fascinating because I would have thought that Kirk would have seen that. I was kind of surprised that that needed to be pointed out to him that that how to expand that. But um yeah, I, I think that's a great analogy. That's definitely matches the feel of the song. So I will just enjoy the muffin top and um, and discard the the bass or maybe bring it to a homeless shelter.
0: I'm not going to disagree with anything John said. I agree totally, but uh, man, that muffin top is tasty.
2: I do agree. That was a very powerful way to go into that chorus. So coming off of that last verse, um, I like that little breath and then the kind of explosion going into that chorus. It made it so much more powerful. Strings are layered in there really nicely. Um, I'm definitely a fan of that.
0: In live, it's even better because Stephen really holds that note on in ecstasy is what you prefer. Like, I prefer he holds it Mm -hmm. like a long time. Then he waits for a pause, lets the crowd build, and then kicks into that chorus. It's really, really great.
2: That could work.
1: The jaded you god, I hate that ending. That yeah, you're so jaded, and then they they very poorly mix the baby in there after jaded both
0: times. Mm-hmm. Um just sounds like shit. Could not disagree more because that that's how that whole final chorus was. It wasn't mixed poorly, that was intentional.
1: just didn't sound right to me, though, so therefore it makes poorly.
0: Well, you're weird. That's Jaded from 2001's Just Push Play. Oh, this could be an interesting conversation. Uh, Guys, this, of course, was a single uh, released way back in 2001. Uh, Hit, uh, what, number 47 on the Billboard Hot 100. So this is in consideration for the all-time Aerosmith Top 9, which currently includes the songs Let the Music Do the Talking, Chip Away the Stone, The Other Side, You See Me Crying, Crazy, Eat the Rich, Mommakin, Shut Up and Dance, and Deuces Are Wild. Scott, let's start with you. Uh, What do you think of Jaded, and does it deserve a spot in the all-time Aerosmith Top 9?
2: You know, I I really didn't like that twangy guitar at the end. Um, I I didn't like that riff. I like the chorus, and that's pretty much where it ends with me. Um, I I don't think I could put it on the tape. All right. John?
1: If we expanded that the all-time Aerosmith top 18, I would still say no.
0: Ouch. Well, you know what? I would have been fine with putting it on over something like Deuces are Wild. I think you're out of your mind. It's such generic Aerosmith cookie-cutter crap, Deuces are Wild, that I would have been just fine with putting Jaded on there.
1: It's still better than this song.
0: I don't know about that. It's generic, but at least it's a complete song. That's one of my all-time Aerosmith choruses of all time. Right. It's a chorus. It's not a song. Yeah, you know, and a bridge. I like the bridge. Mm. bridge was okay. Um, it good. was lacking a guitar solo, though. Oh, there was hardly any guitar on the guitar solo, yeah.
2: Yeah, and that's what I like. It, it really, they, they had an opportunity in this song to really do something simple, but bring out the emotion of what his daughter was feeling in a guitar solo. And I think that was a huge missed opportunity in this song because it was really just like, oh, I, I got to fill four bars. Okay, uh, here you go. You know, let me pull something out of my pocket. And um, I think that's a shame because I think that a, a good guitar solo on this song could have taken this to the next level.
0: And we're going to have a couple of opportunities. I think uh, Rock and the Joint probably for sure has a, see if it has a Jaded on there. Oh, maybe not. What about uh, Rox Donington? Do to do, do? Yeah, it's on Rox Donington. There is a live version. We're gonna get to check out of Jaded, but uh, I'm just gonna go right ahead and say uh, on my Nasty Cuts, I got a spot for Jaded because I love that chorus so much. I'm gonna take off. You got to move. Wow. And I'm gonna put Jaded on there because uh, I I'm pretty sure John and, and Scott, you guys weren't gonna put it on your Nasty Cuts unless you wanted I, to replace the move. Here, here we go.
1: <laughs> I <laughs> was gonna say that. Again, for two weeks in a row, have a a
0: song I prefer the movie over. You're nuts. That chorus is great, great stuff.
2: And that streak is going to go week after week after week. Yeah, I got news for you. We might be in a a position now
1: where I'm going to be trying to push Jaded off of this before I push (laughs) the movie off right now.
2: Well, I mar- it's it's interesting because you know I use a a color grading system because I don't know these songs that well and I won't remember by title what I liked and didn't like. Um, I use the same orange for both songs. For the movie and for Jaden. No, for for Jaden the one that Corey just took off his uh his his corner of the mixtape. Oh, oh, you, you got to move. It, yeah, you Take an orange and also put it on the movie. No, the movie is a green so dark nothing could ever take it off.
0: Is that the only green on your uh, color chart, Scott?
2: Oh, no, I've got quite a few, actually. Oh. And it's not oh. just Permanent Vacation and Toys in the Attic, the only two good arrows of Aerosmith. It's it's wait, other songs, too.
1: Wait, wait I, I, I am curious, though. Uh, what color is Deuces are Wild on your, on your...
2: Deuces are Wild is a light green. So what you're saying is it's not orange. It is not orange and it is not dark green. It is a light green. I I like it. It's not their best song, but I I dug it. And I that was the, f- that was the one from Beavis and Butthead, right? I, I, I yeah, and I do I do feel that you just took
1: my side in the Jaded versus Deuces Are Wild argument.
0: I took well, we know where you guys side music. because uh, Deuces Are Wild features the line uh, "I've been loving you since you was a child,
2: girl." So uh... so it's more child porn from Steven Tyler. Exactly.
0: Yeah. All right, my dog is barking. That means it's time to wrap it up here tonight. John, you got anything you want to plug? I want, I,
1: I want to plug that we should get jaded off of the soundtrack as quickly as possible.
0: Yeah, too fucking bad. It's my nasty cut. It's going to stay on there until I find a song I like better, which could be next week. Scott, you got anything you want to uh, plug here tonight?
2: Well, I know that that jaded has been played live. As, as you evidence yes. that there is a live version, but I don't know how many times it's been played live. Well, did you want to guess? Now, you said this hit 49 on the charts, right? 47. 47. Now, I want to reference what you said last week, because I think our song last week was 89, and uh, we kind of referred to that as not doing well. Let me tell you something. Being on the Billboard chart at all is pretty fucking amazing. Yeah, but you're not Aerosmith. Compared to, yeah, I mean, if you're setting like expectations for compared to what we've done before... Um, I still say 89 is pretty good for anybody to, to no. get on there because not everything you write is going to be hit.
1: It's a, it's a hard disagree. And the only reason it's a hard disagree for me, I agree with the original sentiment of what you're saying. And it's mm-hmm. impressive to be on the charts. But once you have success, right? Your success is judged both over your current success and your previous success. And this shows you Aerosmith on the downside of their career based on what their previous successes were, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: right? So so the numbers are going down, not up, and not not leveling out. And they're down significantly enough that in comparison for them, right, if there's an expectation that you have to sell this many albums to earn this much money, and then you're not charting the way you did, you're not going to earn that money.
2: Well, that's true. But I also feel like they, were, they weren't they were a band that just had like a rise and a fall. I mean, they're kind of all over the place from album to album, it seems. And I don't know their history that well, but it, it seems like being, you know, various states of rehab and who was involved in what album and who remembers showing up to record a track. It kind of feels like they're a peak and valley band more than they are a, a rise and fall band.
1: But, but they were like 15 years into the rebirth at this point, right? 10, 15 years into the re- that rebirth that, you, you know, so like they had hit the Valley, they had come back up. And now you're like, you're talking about, the, they have this history. This is where that history starts to tell because now they're going back on a downslide. They weren't, they never had to hit this trajectory.
2: Yeah. I see what you're saying.
0: Yeah. If you think about it, uh, you know, it was 24 years actually since 87 permanent vacation when they kind of had their resurgence, right? So uh, definitely on the downside. And this is not a band that uh, had a lot of uh, hit singles uh, on the charts. They've only had one number one song, uh, which uh, Scott, do you know what song that is? Which one of Aerosmith's classics hit number one in their entire 50 year history?
2: I'm going to say that was uh don't want to lick your thing exactly
0: yep that's the only one so you think about all those great songs classic songs that didn't have a, a ton of uh, chart success uh but you, like you said 47 uh, you know top 50 back in 2001 not too bad but the question is geez how many times did they play this song live
2: well and i and i
0: sorry you can I have, have to... your comment after it's time okay. to play how many times did aerosmith play jaded remember they played a lot of concerts Uh, Since 2001, John Mariano, how many times do you think Aerosmith played Jaden? I'm going to go with 75. 75. All right. Scott Haskin? I'm going to go 124. 124. Well, Scott, you are closest without going over. The correct answer, 424 times. Wow. Unbelievable. That's surprising. The, The first time they played this song... Uh, was actually at Super Bowl thirty-five, January twenty-eighth, two 2001.
2: I almost feel like we could play another game called How Many Best Of Albums Does This Song Appear On? <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, it's going to be at least one more, that's for sure, right?
2: Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Uh, what I was going to say earlier was I, I have to wonder, too, you know, their one number one hit was featured in a pretty successful movie, and I have to wonder how much of that being in that movie affected the charting position Oh, tough. because it, you know, it yeah. had to have. So would they have ever had a number one hit? Had they not licensed it for the film or been hired to write that for the film?
1: That movie is the greatest missed opportunity for a movie theme song I've ever seen. How you don't have deaf leopards Armageddon, it yeah. has the theme song to that movie.
0: I have no idea. But you, yeah. you need the weepy ballad for when uh, Liv Tyler. Uh, no, you know, no, I'm not saying. Take, Willis.
1: No, but I'm not saying take this song out. But when you introduce the drillers on the oil rig at the beginning of the movie to have Def Leppard's Armageddon as the song they're intro to,
0: that's the moment, dude. But what song do they use? Huh? Do you remember? It no, it's from it this is, band.
1: Okay, what song is it? Sweet emotion. Sweet emotion? Yeah, it should be Armageddon.
2: <laughs> well, and maybe they tried for that. I mean, I don't, I don't know. Maybe they tried, and Def Leppard was like, "Yeah, no." Oh God, no. Def stupid. Leppard
0: loves money. Yeah, they they have no issues licensing songs to movies, not at all. Oh,
2: there you go. Unlike Zeppelin, who you pretty much have to beg to uh, to use anything I, of theirs at this point.
1: I, I just rewatched Wayne's World with the girls. Mm-hmm. and in the moment where Wayne tries to play stairway he's like no stairway denied Obvi- obviously a reference to the fact that they couldn't get a, a led zeppelin song in the movie
0: and well, to the point the three notes he plays aren't even close to anything in stairway to heaven like he's not even starting stairway to heaven he's mm-hmm. just playing three random notes and the guy stops him and says no stairway
2: well, he was, play- play- yeah. He w- you were just—he was given like a the the same speed between the notes, the same kind of sound to give you the impression. Yeah. That's what he was playing. But you're right, wasn't even close. And speaking as someone who has worked in a retail music instrument store, um, it really is fucking annoying to hear those same songs played over and over. It was like Iron Man, Smoke on the Water, Stairway to Heaven, uh, and Paranoid were the the ones that I remember hearing the most. And, uh, every time I was like, don't I have to, uh, count some stock in the back room or something? Cause I don't, I don't need to be here anymore.
0: All right. Well, on that note, uh, that was my song jaded. Yeah. Uh, so I get to replace it with something. Oh, and what am I thinking? I, geez, I want to go back to 1970s Aerosmith. I want to go back to to hard rock and Aerosmith and a little album called rocks and a song called get the lead out. That is what I am going to put on the dice here this week.
2: Sounds like a good up-tempo song.
0: You know, I don't think you can go wrong with a song from Rocks, so...
1: Uh, no, it's, it's their best album.
0: Yeah. Uh, well, Toys in the Attic is, is right up there as well. But... I'm just waiting for Scott to say something, you know, to defend
2: Toys in the Attic. That would be too predictable. I mean, it is the only Aerosmith album I own on vinyl. For $5 and how much? $5 it was
0: like 568 I think 568 man you went all out You know and and the cover
2: for being a you know such an older album the cover is not in bad shape but the vinyl is almost flawless Really Yeah Oh They wow. put very awesome good time. but I would say excellent condition so I I I really lucked out Perfect
0: All right let's uh, put a ball on this one boys uh, John again do you got anything you want to uh, mention for we me wrap it up here tonight
1: uh yeah, buy by Scott's books on Amazon.
0: Yes, thank you, you John. So. I will second that as well. Scott, you got anything you got
2: going on? Listen to Corey and John on Backtracks theme music. It's one of the greatest podcasts in music and film history. And then Boy, you know, yeah. while you're listening to that, if you would like to peruse my website at scotthaskin.com, you're more than welcome.
0: I will second that one as well. Boy, you guys are on fire tonight. On behalf of John Mariano. And Scott Haskin, my name is Corey Morset. Uh, thank you very much for listening. And as always, let's give the final word to Stephen Tyler. So-